When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it's been a a, a topsy-turvy week in the world of Reading FC. We don't we don't have anything else, do we? I've also been joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. How are you doing, James? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Paul. You know, nice to, to be talking about a game that wasn't a defeat, even if it was one of the worst games of football I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, we're on a run now, aren't we? Two games with no defeats. It's quite, it's, it's quite rock and roll <laughs> for Reading. Obviously, one of them was a win, which we've talked about in a previous podcast, but... Give us your thoughts on the one-all draw with Bristol Rovers. Fair result. Two horrific teams uh, played out there, really. I mean, it was a really bad game of football. Uh, they were denied what's probably a stonewall penalty in the last minute, uh, which meant they would have won it if they'd scored. Um, but no, probably a fair result. You know, we could have gone 2-0 up. Should have gone 2-0 up uh, in the first half with Nibs. Um, but yeah, second half didn't really offer anything. Um and, you know, eventually the, you always knew the goal was going to come and it was always going to be Chris Martin. It wouldn't have been anybody else. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's a point on the board. You're only seven adrift now rather than eight. Um, but it's one of those games where you think it's kind of a win to pass you by because they weren't they weren't very good. And had we played, you know, another 10, 15 percent higher then we would have probably won it. Yeah, basically, if we learn how to play football a little bit better, we'd be all right mm. over the whole season, wouldn't we? But unfortunately, <laughs> they just make so many bad decisions. I'm not going to go into all of that again because we discussed it on the post-match podcast. But who would you say? I mean, I think the one player that's come out in the last few weeks with some credit is Sam Smith. Obviously, there was a lot about him coming into mm. the team, wasn't there? Because he was out for so long injured. But I think he's looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's still not fully fit, so it's hard to judge. Um, but, I mean, he's been feeding off scraps, really. I mean, the goal came through, you know, the team high-pressing and giving him the ball on the edge of the box. But other than that, everything he had to do was on the halfway line, holding the ball up, practically. Um, you know, he had no real support around him to, to play anything off. I personally would love to see him up front with Kelvin. I think they would actually work probably quite well together. Um, but, it, you know, in, in this... Um, 433, which we shouldn't complain about because it's better than 4222. So, you know, we must be grateful for small mercies. Um, but no, he just they need to get more players in and around him because he can only hold up the ball against you know six at five center half for so long before he he loses it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Maybe uh, 352. Why don't we try another formation? Why not get two up front? I mean, uh, both uh, none of our left backs can defend, so it would make it uh, less difficult for them. Can any of them cross the ball on a consistent basis? Probably that's the better side of their game, isn't it? If you had Carson or Guinness mm. Walker in there. So, yeah, Ruben, if you're listening, try it out. Why not? We can't get much worse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just give it a go. But today we saw the statement from Mark Bowen saying how the club is apparently close to completing a deal for a new owner. Well, we've all been here for quite a long time now. 
And one thing I would definitely point out from this, James, is that there still isn't a bidder who's got exclusivity on rights. And surely that would be the first stage of any kind of near completion. Yeah, it's still just talks at this stage with with multiple parties. Um, you know, it's I don't think it's far away. You know, I think there'll be exclusivity at some point in the next sort of fortnight. Um, but yeah, so I, I to say it's close. Um, I wouldn't suggest that we were particularly close um, at this stage. Um, but you know, um, things move fast. I've I you know ever since we the club was first put up for sale i always had christmas in my head you know if they could go into the new year with a fresh owner into the you know january window with free agents and a bit of money to, to spend on wages um then i think we'd have a good second half of the season um seven weeks so the countdown is well and truly on um but yeah i, I wouldn't be sort of getting the champagne corks ready just yet uh, not for another month or so no, no, that really would be a hell of a slow release of the cork it? for a month <laughs> or so. <laughs> that would be uh, next level. Yeah, I, I don't think I could quite manage that. I don't have the champagne uh, connoisseur skills to be able to do that. So hopefully, I, I'm thinking the same as you, maybe Christmas. I mean, it would be, I mean, obviously it completely depends on who the new owner is. But to go into Christmas with a new owner, would be fabulous, wouldn't it? Because it's been an absolutely, as the Queen once said, an anus horribilis for Freddie <laughs> hasn't it? It feels appropriate. It feels appropriate being the roles. I cannot believe I've just quoted the Queen. <laughs> Why did I do that? I've lost. I've lost my mind here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be the best, the best present any of us could get uh, for Christmas, mm. I think. Uh, and that is obviously presuming they they don't find someone worse than die, which we've all kind of <laughs> taken as something that's impossible. But if anyone would do it, Reading would somehow find a way. Uh, so I'm not going to chuck all those eggs in that basket. No. Um, but no, you know, I genuinely think it'd be the best news we've had for a long, long time. And let's face it, we haven't had good time. Um, we haven't had good news for a very long time as it is years is it really i mean I, I can't remember the last time i actually enjoyed being a redden fan it probably was what 2017 and that ended in the typical reading fc way didn't it i mean there's just like even when you enjoy it being a redden fan you know it's going to end badly unfortunately but depends how long it's... sorry depends how long you're classing though because mm. the first, first half of the 2020-21 season you know top of the yeah. league for a long time but yeah, again, we weren't even there, were we? Jim? Yeah, uh, first yeah. half, first half, fifteen, sixteen, until Clark went and spoke to Fulham was some of the best football I've yeah. seen Reading play outside of the Premier League. Um, so that, you know, there's been small little glimpses, you know, and the crowd to come back and the stadiums have been full and you know the odd cup run. Um, but yeah, we've not had a sustained period of of even meh. It's either going to be amazing or just awful. There's just no nice, boring meh in the middle. No. I mean, I just look at Preston and think. Why can't we be Preston for for just for a year or two, just where nothing happens, just where you sit there and you take 14th and, you know, you might go out in the first round of the cup, but, you know, you're, you're just there. You're playing good games, you have bad games, but you're not ever thinking about anything sort of, you know, the world impending and falling in on itself, um, which we've had to worry about over the last couple of years. So, yeah, let's let's be more like Preston. That's going to be my, my takeaway. Let's have a couple of years of Preston football. 
Yes. I mean, yeah, it's uh, some surprising takes on this uh, preview so far, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've had the Queen. You're aspiring to be Preston. Um, it's like, who would have thought we'd be in this place uh, so early on? And it's not even in Christmas festive period yet. So who knows where we're going to end up? So we have Shrewsbury away on Saturday. Now, the big question is, can Reading go a whole calendar year without an away win? I mean, in our half hearts, I think we all know how this is going mm. to end, but we all hope that it won't. But James, what, what's your thoughts on the match? Uh, it's the same. It's cut and paste, isn't it, for every away game? You know, I'm sure they'll probably start off okay. You know, they have a bit of pressure from the home team. They'll concede, give it a bit of a go. Might just about scramble an equaliser, and then give away a dodgy free kick and concede. I mean, it's just how it's been for the last however long. I mean, I couldn't even get my head around the fact that we hadn't even taken the lead in that year. I mean, that is incredible. I've been at every single one of those games, bar one. Uh, I didn't go to the Blackpool away game uh, this season, but every single one of those. And I didn't even didn't even twig to me that we hadn't taken the lead at least once. That is seriously um, depressing, James. I, yeah, I didn't realise yeah. that. That's, that has really brought me down. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, what was it, two points from 57 as well? Only two draws out of 17 defeats out of 19. As I mean, I've it, mentioned before on a previous podcast recently, the glory days of one all at Ashton Gate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It really is one of those things, though. It's kind of snuck up on you. Like, you just kind of sit there, and when you actually go through the spreadsheet and realise, like, my God, like, that's really bad. Like, when mm. you're going through the games, because the thing is, away from home, Reading have tended to be in the games at the very least. You know, they, they've they've had three or four smackings over the last year. But other than that, they've been sort of 2-1, 3-2, maybe 3-1 where you're pushing on the counter. But you've always come away thinking, on the whole, you know, Ugh, yeah, it's annoying because we could have got something out of that game. But to, to have only got two points out of it is kind of awful. But, you know, it's got to come at some point. You know, we can't forever in the history of Reading not win again. So you just got to keep going and the one hope that the next one will be the away win. I mean, it took me two years when I first started going, obviously not as frequently, to see my first away win. Um, you know, so that was only going probably five games, five away games a season. Now I've done virtually every single one for the last three years and seen two wins, I think. So it's kind of changed I think a bit. we might be finding out where the issue lies yeah. here, actually. <laughs> it's like... yeah, we've had some cracking away wins, and I was there at Reading's highest away win of all time. So, you oh, know, swings, swings and roundabouts. Just throwing that one out there. Oh, yeah. Just throwing that casually out there. <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Um, you know, so why can't Saturday be the one we turn it around? If it's not next week, maybe it's Wickham. If it's not Wickham, then... Whoever is after Wickham, that's middle of December, and I haven't looked that far ahead. But you know, the next one after that. Yeah, no. Well, I I I live in hope. That is all we've got, isn't it? Really, (laughs) left. I mean, I'm going to go for two one because I'm going to go two one every single time until we do get the away win. I think realistically, the best we're going to get is a draw, but Mm. we're seeing. I mean, Shrewsbury are not great either, are they? I mean, I know we aren't, but they're also not exactly well beaters, James. I'm going to go 3-0 Reading. If we, if we, it's be very Reading. If we're going to do it, we're going to just obliterate it and just go, you know what, sod that record. Let's just smash them. It's not going to be a dodgy you know, last-minute winner like Villa had against us to break their like 15-month spell without an away win. We'll do it and just absolutely annihilate them. So, yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 away win, but that is very much a heart overhead. And no, I haven't had any alcohol yet because I'm still at work. <laughs> well, I 100% hope you're right. <laughs> I mean, that would be fantastic. Uh, 
yeah, I don't think we're going to leave it on that point for the rest of it because that has really <laughs> lifted me up. I feel like I'm ready. Come on. <laughs> right then. Cheers then. Thanks for listening to this. And now Alex will be talking to a Shrewsbury fan. Cheers for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast, obviously brought to you by Phantom Brewing Co. This weekend is it's a bit of a centenary. Come 5 p.m. on Saturday, it will be 364 days since we last won away that wonderful afternoon up in the lovely northern paradise that was Hull City that own goal that got us a 2-1 last minute away win it's been a long long time since then if we don't win we're going to tick over one year without a win away from home in that time as well we've only got two points away from home 20 20 games has passed it'll be the 21st game this weekend it has been crap I think is the only way we can put it um but the team that is going to try and stop us from doing that or give us probably one of the funnest days we've had in that year will be Shrewsbury Town and of course we're going to preview Shrewsbury now we've got Dan on from the Salop podcast how are you doing Dan I'm good man I'm gonna wish I didn't know those stats that you've just read out there that that's got um, disaster from our end written all over it hasn't it it's well, I, I've, I've been saying this on pretty much every preview for about the last six months, trying to jinx it. It hasn't <laughs> worked yet. Um, hopefully it will work this time. Um, I should really get a little ticker or counter um, <laughs> for the days since last win or uh, days since last points, because I think our last points came back in about February away from home. Um, yeah, we, it, it, away from home isn't a happy hunting ground for for, for Reading FC, to be honest. Um, so uh, so yeah, we, we'll we'll see we'll see if uh, the the uh, that run will go on this weekend. Um, but Dan Shrewsbury Town, it's been a long time since we last played Shrewsbury. I think we were just talking about it before. It's over over thirty years since we last played Shrewsbury. He's saying it obviously quite quite a bit. Um, uh, in, in, in the preview podcasts so far this season. But give us a bit of background into Shrewsbury Town, what what the club is, what, what the club's like last 10 years. Yeah, well, I was going to say, actually, the 30 years thing is, is, a, is not a bad place to start because that was our first year in the old Division 3. So we'd spent 10 years in the Championship before then and we'd come down and we played Reading at Elm Park um, in, in 1989 on the first day of the season um, after having 10 years in in what was then Division Two, and of course back then I was I, I went to that game. Um, we were hoping we were going to go straight back into into the Championship and and you know and, and continue from there. We never did, and and, and we we ended up in the Conference at one stage um, as it was then, and and, and came back and and have, have become I would say the archetypal lower half of League One club, um, and ultimately we've we've sort of mastered the art of having good spurts in seasons but finishing seventeenth. That that's where we are. That's on that natural position. So we're, we're a fraction below that at the moment. Um, we had a, a reasonable beginning to the season. We've dipped a bit since. Um, but we are, being brutally honest, in our natural terrain. This is where we are. Where, of course, Reading's history, as you guys know well, 
more than me has, has involved being in the top flight. It's, it's, it's involved, you know, sort of fantastic playoff wins and all that sort of stuff. We, we've not really had much of that. We, we, we've been dipping over the last 20, 30 years. And I would say a bounce back to our, you know, our natural position now. What that means in terms of the last five or 10 years has been, we, we've been a solid League One club. Only Fleet would have been in League One longer than we have. Um, we, we've tried various routes to, to improve on where we are. One of them involves Steve Cottrell. Um, he, Steve Cottrell was manager for um, three years uh, through the COVID period. Steve Cottrell was very seriously ill with COVID um, during that time. Um, and so he, he had a lot of capital in the club. Um, and that led last season to, you know, to, to our best see our best finish for for, for, for a long a long time. We did did do very well in 2017 under Paul Hurst, who's just uh, just been sacked by Grimsby actually, um, and that that was probably the standout season for the last for the last 30 years where we got to the playoff final and we lost to Rotherham. But that aside, last year was a good year. That last year was very much the second best year. Um, uh, during that period and, and Cottrell was at the centre of it so of course to see him move on in the summer uh, prompted us to think okay what, what, what are the next steps where do we go from here and that's that's why this year is is, is I guess something of a transition season under a new coach yeah well you mentioned Steve Cottrell there um, for, for you guys um, it took you to I think it was 12th last year that's in, right yeah in, in league one pretty pretty good finish really for like, like, like Second best finish in 30 years, um, yeah. but Sachs resigned and the, there was oh, so many rumours going around in the summer obviously around the, the circumstances what, what what kind of what happened in the summer with with with, with Cottrell goodness only knows Matt right I, I can tell you what my interpretation of it is and I think I think it's probably not a million miles away but the club has not said anything about it Steve Cottrell's not said much about it either and clearly there was a standoff um, the background is, is pretty simple. Steve Cottrell spent quite a lot of money last year um, and he tried to improve on our perennial sort of 17th in League One. And he did. Um, but he did it by spending more money than the chairman wanted him to. And in the summer, the chairman clearly said, well, you're not spending that money again. And Cottrell said, well, if I don't spend that money again, then we're, we're not going to improve on where we were. In fact, we, we might well struggle to, to stay in the division. And they had a standoff about that. And Cottrell said, well, I'm, you're going to have to sack me. And, and the, the chairman didn't want to do that because that would cost him quite a lot of money. Um, and the chairman was not going to give him anything either. So we had a, we had a two-month hi- hiatus where nothing really happened. Everyone knew that Kostra was going to go. We didn't know what the narrative would end up being, but we, we understood the situation. He wanted to, to, to build on what he had. He wasn't going to be able to do it. So it, it was really late in the day that they came to an agreement. You know, We know very little about it. It was a very short statement from the club, slightly longer one from Cottrell, but they gave very little away. And that basically led to a new model coming in. We've got a coach now and a director of football, whereas before Cottrell was a very old school manager. Cottrell just wanted to run everything, um, including once, you know, basically calling me for, for, for a, a contribution that I made on the Sunderland, uh, to, to, a, to a Sunderland podcast. And it's like, why do you even care? You know, go and run, go and run the first team. Um, so, so new model. Matt Taylor's a coach, and we've got a director of football above him. And we've we move much more towards what I would call project players, trying mm-hmm. to develop players, probably sell them on for a bit of a profit in the future. Whereas Cotter wanted to buy, you know, players who got a bit of a track record, a bit you know, a bit more experience, and could perhaps get us up towards the playoffs again. So, we've entered a new era with a with a very different coach. And um, yep, we're, we're back in seventeenth, eighteenth in League One. <laughs> um well you talk about coming back into this new area um, era sorry if i can get my words out matt, matt taylor current yeah. manager for for uh, for you guys previously warsaw um young manager um it's 
I, I, from the outside, it looks like it's been a tough season so far. Um, you know, you're currently sitting 19th, 17 points from 16 games. But the real problem for Shrewsbury this year has been the goals column. 16 games you've played and seven goals obviously scored. Only, I think only Fleetwood um, better that. And obviously they took what, 10, 11 games to score Kelvin. a goal. Yeah, Cheltenham. Cheltenham yeah, sorry, Cheltenham. Not I think they got six. <laughs> they only one behind us. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's what's been what's been the problems um, on on the pitch? Is it has it has it been lack of lack of creativity, creating chances, lack of someone putting in the way up, up top of the field? Give us give us a bit of an insight into that. Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's not really the league position, although that's not great. Saturday's a very big game for us. I would say it's a bigger game for us than it is for you. Right. It's not inconceivable. Matt Catelli could be could be sacked if we lose on Saturday. Well, I don't think he will be, but it's not inconceivable because because the, there's, there's quite a lot of discontent about about the way things are going. Um, but the the issue is that is that goal scored because we've not really looked like scoring goals. It's not that we've just been in this unlucky run where it keeps going off you know off the off the woodwork all the rest of it. We, we've been really really um, predictable going forward. And part of that is our, our main striker of two years ago is a guy called Dan Adoe. Um, he'll play up front, I think, on Saturday. Um, but he's he's had a year out with a cruciate knee ligament injury. And it looks like he's had a year out with that as well. He, he, he just doesn't look at the races. He doesn't, to me, look like he's getting in the right positions to score goals. So we've got a problem there because he, he, was our, he led the line two years ago and we felt we were in effect going to have a new player come back and do that this season. The rest of his strike partners, are, I mean, it, 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 we've got, you know, Matter and Bowman, there are two, two main options. N- neither of them really look like they've got any relationship with Dan O'Doe. You know, that front two looks like they've never met each other before every single week. I mean, Shane Warne once famously said of Monty Palace are the cricketer. Every the first test match he every test match he plays looks like the first test match he's played. It never looks like he learns anything. It's the same with those. It just looks like they've never met each other before. Now I think this could change, could, um, with the return of Jordan Shipley. Jordan Shipley's played for Coventry. Uh, he he's he's got ability way above the bottom of League One, but he's been out for two months injured. And we'll move to a four three three. And we we tried it against Colchester in the cup last week, and 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 we scored three goals. I mean, obviously League Two side, but we scored three goals, man. Bloody hell, we scored three goals. You know, this is this is the type of stuff that that, that really we're not used to. And it, it, the dreams are made of scoring yeah. three. <laughs> and I don't care. It was against Colchester. Who can you know? Really, you know, all good. Um, but the point was, we had three up front. We had we had. We had Shipley on the left, we had Ado in the middle, and we had uh, Tom Bayliss on the right. Another guy who's played for Coventry, he's played for Preston in the Championship, you know, a decent-ish footballer. We, we need those three to click. If we don't, we have no other options because we've tried all the other options and they just haven't worked. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, against Bolton on Tuesday, we weren't bad for an hour, but then our keeper dropped a ricket. You know, awful goal to concede. If your listeners have not seen it, then, you know, have a look. That will fill you with confidence because Marco Morosi makes a right mess of it. And then we were never going to get back in, into mm. it. You know, Paul, they're a decent side. We were all right for an hour. But once teams score against us, we've got we've got real problems. So, you know, if you score on Saturday, just get the bus out, mate. Park it on the on the 18-yard box and you'll win one. <laughs> you know, you know what? There's there's seemingly so many resemblances from what you're saying to to Reading season so far this year. You know, when we go down, especially away from home, you might as well just write it off. You know, I've almost got to the point if we go one nil down, you know, I might as well go home at that point because because we don't come back, you know, and we haven't mm. for um, quite some time. <laughs> but you talk about Shipley coming back. Um, you've also got Daniel Daniel Doa 
Um, I think yeah, I think yeah. it is up top. He's leading goal scorer and assists. Yes, only on two goals and two assists. Um, but obviously le- leads leads that goal column and assist column for you. Um, y- you talk about formation as well and the way that you've switched. Um, what, what sort of formation do you guys do you guys go for? Are you a three three four three kind of team, or is it four three three with the three attackers that you, that, that you mentioned? Yeah, no, it's, it's never going to be four three three. Um, it, we, we play five at the back now. Officially, we play three at the back, um, but far too frequently in my mind, we, we end up with both of those wing backs in effect being being defenders, and it, it's a problem because it means we haven't got enough people ahead of the ball. We, we, we haven't got enough people in the middle of the park to keep it. Um, Kenner will, will will win the ball quite well. He used to be at Leeds. He was at Leeds for eight years in their their academy. He's got something about him, but he's a ball winner. He's not a ball player. And alongside him, there'll probably be Carl Winchester. He used to play for Sunderland. Again, decent pedigree, but there's just not enough people around those two guys to really produce something because we've got the five people behind them who are all defending. So we, we, we've we moved in the last few weeks, and, and the return of Shipley has been really important in this, to what, in effect, is a 3-4-3. Um, and I much prefer, prefer that because it really forces our wider players to get up the pitch. Um, and it worked It worked reasonably well against Colchester. It worked reasonably well against Bolton until they scored. Um, but I think we'll be 3-4-3 three, three on Saturday. It may look a bit more like 3-5-2 or 5-3-2. But I think on paper, it, it's meant to be a 3-4-3 a three, three, so we can keep the ball a bit. Mm-hmm. And particularly at home, we'll, we'll, we'll want to try and be a little bit more on the front foot uh, at home because we are better at home than we are away. Yeah. And... Players that have been instrumental to to this. Obviously, you've mentioned you mentioned obviously Jordan Shipley. Um, obviously, for, for you guys coming back, being really key so far. If you were to kind of pick one um, one Shrewsbury player to really look out for as kind of a difference maker or kind of mm. that 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 man to watch, who who would you be picking from this Shipley team? Shipley's, I mean, he's only played two games since he came back, but he, he's got, we know he's got proven ability to play at a higher level. He was one of the big, the big money earners that Cottrell brought in. Mean, I don't know how much Jordan Shipley earns, but he, he's, he's going to earn more than the average because of his pedigree. He's 26, he's in sort of prime of life. He is going to be key because he's got ability on the ball. He'll give us a bit of wit and he's got the ability to score goals. So he, he's, he's, he's good. Um, the other one I, I would flag up, and, and I'll flag him up because he's been poor. It's Carl Winchester in the middle of the park. Now, Carl Winchester, Winnie Esther, as he was nicknamed for, for a significant period last season when he was playing really well, um, it, it, he just hasn't had enough touches of the ball. He, mm. We just don't get it to him in positions where he can do damage. So we need to play him in the middle of the pitch, not as right wing back, which has sometimes been the way that's happened. But if if we get him the ball, he will have um, the, the wherewithal, he'll get his head up to get the three players in front of him, which should be Bayliss, Udo and, and Shipley, into the game. If he doesn't get the ball, they won't get the ball. And, and we won't have anything going forward. So Winchester in the middle, um, although he's not been playing well so far, and Shipley out there on the left are the two are the two men that I think you know you're probably worth keeping an eye on. Well, Shipley, Shipley number twenty six, I believe for for um, for for Shrewsbury, Winchester number seven. Keep keep an eye out for for those two players, Reading Reading FC fans. Um, mm. Looking ahead to the game, then. Um, to, the run of Shrewsbury and Reading at the moment is just dire. Um, quite quite frankly, you know, Shrewsbury lost all of their last three, scoring no goals. Reading haven't won in eight games. Uh, we're on, a, I think, a losing streak of five or six. And obviously the lovely away form as well, which we've already kind of um, dumped uh, on top of that. What, what does Shrewsbury need to do, apart from the obvious of scoring a goal? What does Shrewsbury need to do 
to actually get a result this weekend because another actually another stat for Shrewsbury haven't scored two goals in in a game since I think it's mid mid August um, where where you guys won one two one it's a, it's a big problem but what 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 are you going to be looking for for Shrewsbury to be be changing against Reading? Well, it sounds flippant, but the, the 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 thing that we really need is a little bit of luck. We need the ball to go in off somebody's ass. We, we we need you know that the the melee after a corner to drop to somebody. And, and you know what? You can see how bad it is. I almost wish it's one of the three centre halves because they're just going to stand there and whack it. You know, and Shay Dunkley's big big weapon of a centre half. He'll just stand there and and wallop it in the right direction. Whereas too many people further up the field, you know, they're trying to score the perfect goal, and it's like just just kick the bloody thing in the net. Um, so I think we need a bit of luck, uh, um, and I think if we get that, then there is there, there is enough about for us to be able to go on and win that game. The defence doesn't concede many goals. Uh, Tom Flanning at the back, another guy who's played another Sunderland recruit. Um, he's played at a decent level, and, and he's you know international footballer. Th- these guys can defend, but so frequently, um, you know, they they let that one goal in, and, and the game's done and dusted. And, and we lost two 0 against Bolton on Tuesday, but you know. Chucking the kitchen sink at them and they scored the second goal in the 98th. We weren't outplayed by Bolton. We just can't get the goddamn ball in the net. So so we need to, to keep the ball a bit better. We need to be a bit luckier. Uh, and ultimately, we need to make sure that we use that width that we've now got to, 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 to generate a bit more space so that we can, you know, we, we we can create some more chances, hopefully. Luck is often the thing, isn't it, where, that evades you when you're down at the bottom. We've, totally. we've experienced that for, for for quite a few years. Yeah. You just you, you you sat there and you're you're wanting just some lucky goal, like say for a goal to go in off someone's back or you know off yeah. their off their calf, they slice it off their shin or something. No, or I somebody to make a silly yeah. foul in the penalty area or something, yes. you know, something, yeah, <laughs> something like that to go for, and it just never does. That's why we're at the bottom, right? Luck deserves yeah. you. Well, I'm going to press you for a, for a score prediction then. Um, obviously, coming into the six, game, five. No, sorry, no, six five. No, it's not going to be six five. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, can I have two? Is that too cheeky? Sorry, can I have two? Two predictions. score predictions. Yeah, go on. Okay, I'll, I'll flag them up and then I'll, I'll, I'll have a work out which one. Nil nil. Mm-hmm. Because neither side are, are any good at scoring goals. Although you know you, you, you got one in the week, didn't you against Bristol Rovers? Um, but I'm, I don't go for nil nils. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm travelling up for the game. Who, I mean, who I, wants it? Who wants to predict a nil nil? Yeah, exactly. That's, it's not the right thing to do. I'm not. I'm not I've got a five hour journey to get to this game, um, <laughs> and, and and I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I think it's going to be nil nil. So um, I'm. I'm going to say that we, we will win two nil, which is a ridiculous prediction given the stats that you've just sort of highlighted. But I do. I do think somehow or other. Luck must change at some point. And we are a bit better at home than we are away. So, I mean, I did think about saying, you know, saying your jinx will end, but I can't quite bring myself to say that. I think we are better at home. We do need a bit of luck and we got Shipley back. So I'm going to go, I'll go 2 0. Well, I have been saying that our luck away from home must be changed. Must change, or like, as well. must yeah. change since seemingly the dawn of time. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, and given we've got. I mean, this is going to be about my 10th or 11th on the bounce. I've not predicted Reading to win away from home, but when you've not won, well, you've only got two points in a, in a year of football. I don't think really I can pull myself to actually predict a win. Um, I, I, it's, it's sad. I'm going to away games now and I'm not even kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, if we get a draw, fantastic. Um, I'd love to say it'd be like 1-1 one, one or something, but I I, I, th- I think it's, 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 it's I think it'll be 1-0 or 2-1 to uh to to shrewsbury um this uh this weekend um either way 
we will obviously be back and reviewing the Shrewsbury game after um, come win, lose, draw. We will be back. We will be talking about it. Hopefully not sound like a broken record, talking about another loss, but you never know. This is Reading FC away from home at the end of the day. Um, Dan, thank you so much, obviously, for for, for joining us on the podcast. Um, you're actually local to Reading, aren't you? You, you, you were saying yeah. before the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I live in Ascot, play play vets football for Ascot United, if anybody yeah. any that knows Ascot United. So I'm I'll sure be travelling up. a few Ascot United fans that, 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 that'll be yeah. out there and listening. <laughs> yeah, so um, Warwick Services on Saturday. If any, if you see anyone there with a Shoesby Town scarf, it's probably going to be me. So, oh, yeah, do well, that, don't, don't cause too much trouble. Um, <laughs> obviously, best of luck for the season, Dan. And, Dan, and you guys, yeah. You know, obviously not not for this weekend as as, uh, as 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 everyone says but um but yeah good luck for the rest of the season um obviously if you have enjoyed the podcast um be sure to give it a five star rating it really does help us in podcast rankings and helping new viewers find us so please give us a five star uh, rating and review follow us on all of our socials to get all the latest podcasts gossip and obviously general Reading FC chit chat. Until the next podcast, I've of course been Matt Lansley. This has been the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>